All right. Well, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. My name is Holden. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, I am a staff member here at Regen. Normally, you see me in the back working on tech stuff. Um, if this is your first time, we're so happy you're here. Uh, I would love to meet you after service. Uh, if this isn't your first time and I haven't met you yet, please find me after service. I really want to get to know you and who you are. Um, so at one of our staff meetings last year, Kyle was talking about his trip to Cuba and what he was going to do for the couple weeks that he'd be gone. Uh, he was talking to me and Zach and said, I was thinking about you guys preaching a mini-series on the Holy Spirit and he said, I wanted to have a conversation with you guys about it. By the end of that same conversation, Kyle has already made the decision that Zach and I were preaching on the Holy Spirit and then said, well, let's talk about what verses you guys will be preaching on. Um, so I was a little nervous at first, but I was super excited and super honored that I get the chance to stand up here and talk to you guys. Um, so would you guys, before we jump into the scripture, I always believe in praying before uh, leaning into the scripture. Will you guys join me in prayer real quick? God, we come to you thankful for what you're doing here at 1128 State Road. Uh, Lord, the lives that you are reaching, the lives that you are changing, God. Uh, Lord, right now I pray for peace over my own heart, God, uh, that you would speak to those in this room and that the words that are spoken would be yours and not my own. Lord, I leave my agenda at the door. Lord, we ask you to give us eyes to see and ears to hear. In your son's holy name we pray. Amen. So I have a question for you guys. How many of us have someone's presence that we just crave? Whether it's a spouse, whether it's a coworker or a friend, a dog, or even a cat. I don't know. Some of us may like cats. Um, <laughs> uh, most people have someone or something uh, whose presence they just crave. Uh, someone's presence who at the end of a long day just seem to take all their stresses away. Uh, at the end of the long day, that one person who just makes everything better. For me, it's my dog, Miles. Um, just kidding. It's, it's my wife. Uh, you see her up here every week playing cajon, the box drum. Um, something about her, having her in my life, just makes everything better. At the end of a long day, I can come home and know that I have somebody who's going to listen to my stresses, help me work through them, um, some of us, though, may feel like we're living in anxiety, fear, and stressful situations that we have nobody to help us through. Um, stressful situations that are taking over our minds day and night. The good news is, is we do have somebody who is willing to listen to you, willing to help you, willing to cry for you, willing to step in for you, and that person is the Holy Spirit. See, last week, we learned who the Holy Spirit was as a person, is as a person. Uh, if you weren't here last week, I highly recommend hopping onto the podcast and listening to what Zach had to say about the person of the Holy Spirit. Uh, it was a great word. Um, but today, I'm going to talk about the presence of the Holy Spirit. Um, by the end of this, my goal is for you to have an understanding of what living life in the presence of the Holy Spirit can do for you. Uh, so if you would, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Romans chapter 8 with me. Now, I'm going to give a little bit of context about the book of Romans before we dive into chapter 8. Um, 
So the book of Romans is one of Paul's longest letters. Uh, He wrote this book for a couple of reasons. Uh, The first reason that he wrote this book was he was preparing the Roman church for the teachings of an apostle. See, at this time, the Roman church was split. You had the Gentiles and the Jews who were there. Uh, The Jews had been kicked out of the church previously by the emperor, returned when uh, when he died, and they were struggling on which way was the correct way to follow, whether it was the Gentiles who were following Jesus or if it was the Jews who were following the Torah, the first five books, the laws of Moses. Um, And Paul was, basically, Paul was wanting them to combine both and realize that both ways are correct. Um, The second reason he wrote this was he wanted to gain support for his mission into Spain. Uh, Paul wanted to use the Roman church as a foothold into his mission into Spain, wanted to have help from them. So with these in mind, uh, Romans is split up into four different sections. Uh, Chapters 1 through 4 reveal the righteousness of God. Uh, Paul is showing us why we need Jesus and what righteousness is through God. Righteousness is the actions of God being just and faithful. And he shows us God's righteousness by showing why God sent us a rescuer, why God sent us a savior. Uh, Chapters 5 through 8 is creating a new humanity. Uh, Paul is showing us the new humanity that God is creating through Jesus and his spirit. Um, The people's hearts are being renewed by the spirit so that they can be liberated from sin and death, which allows for them to love God and love God their neighbor. Chapters 9 through 11 shows God fulfilling his promise to Israel. Um, Paul is speaking on the past and the present Israelites and their faults that have led them to deny Jesus as the Messiah and focus in on the laws instead of Jesus. And then Paul is speaking on how God is using the Jews who do believe in Jesus to reach the Gentiles and bring them together and create the multi-ethnic family that God promised to Abraham in Genesis. Chapters 12 through 16 shows the response to the fulfilling of the promise is a unified church. The only way to respond to seeing God's fulfilling this promise is for us to become unified as one family through love and forgiveness. The reason I explain this is we need to understand the section that chapter 8 is in, Uh, you know, creating a new humanity. Uh, Paul is explaining to the Roman church how through Jesus we have become a new creation and have received the Holy Spirit. And uh, the first passage that I would like to go over are Romans 5 through 9. So that says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their, minds on, set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God, You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. See, by nature, 
since Adam and Eve were first kicked out of the garden, uh, we have an inclination uh, to try and please our flesh. Whether that's that's the sinfulness inside of everyone, the selfishness, sexual desires, constant desire for a material thing, or setting our minds on things that are not of God. Um, I like how it's phrased in the New American Standard Bible. Um, For the mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the spirit, life and peace. Because the mind set on the flesh is hostile toward God, for it does not subject itself to the law of God, for it is not even able to do so. See, Paul describes this as a mindset. Um, I find the phrasing of because the mind set on the flesh is hostile toward God, it's present tense, meaning it's still going on. It's something that's constantly happening. Happening, um, Our sinful nature is constantly at battle with God. See, we have this idea that sin is just something that we do. It's an act that we uh, do when in reality it's a powerful evil force that's constantly at battle with God for our hearts and the hearts of those who are around us. And the reasons it's at battle with God is because the nature does not want to be crucified just as it says it has been done when we've accepted Jesus in Galatians 5, 24. Um, The reoccurring theme in this section is that a mind that is set on the flesh is nothing but death. Not necessarily a physical one, but a spiritual one. A life without the presence of God. How do we change that mindset, though? A big step to changing your mindset uh, is to make a daily decision to. We see in Luke chapter 9, 23, where Jesus is speaking to his disciples. He says, uh, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must, decide, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. See, how many of us, as we go into the new year every year, decide this is going to be the year that we make big changes. We're going to lose that weight we've been trying to. We're going to start healthy habits. We're going to go to bed earlier. And then you're three days into it, and it's just a lot harder than it was on day one. Every day you have to make that decision to keep changing. And it's, this is how you change that mindset of sinfulness and death to a life of the Spirit is Daily laying down your desires, giving them to Jesus, and choosing to follow after him. Some days it's going to be difficult. There's going to be days where it's hard and you feel like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to keep going on. But the good thing about it is, is we have uh, someone who can help us. We'll continue in the scripture. Uh, It says, therefore, dear brothers and sisters... You have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you've not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirits when he adopted you as his own children. See, the good thing is, is when we've accepted Jesus, when we have the Holy Spirit living on inside of us, we are no longer in debt to sin. Sin no longer has control over our life. We are no longer led by the flesh, but we are spirit-led. And because we are spirit-led, that allows us to be adopted into the uh, family of God. So let's continue. Verse 16 
For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. Uh, See, through God's spirit living within us, we have gained a life of peace, a life of love, and a life of adoption. Um, The adoption part is actually really interesting here because in Roman times, the time that this was written, when someone was adopted, they have been chosen by that person to join their family. But that person who was adopted has lost all rights to their old family. It doesn't matter what their past was. They could have been a slave or they could have been a noble. They no longer have access to that life. They now have complete access to the life that they have been given through the adoption. They have the same rights to that as someone who was born in the family. So what Paul, here, what Paul is saying here is that because we have been adopted by God, because we have been adopted uh, into his family, we are heirs to the glory of God. We are heirs to everything that God has to give us, everything God has planned for us. And that sounds great. I love that part. But it's not going to be just all good the whole time. In fact, Paul says that for us to be heirs of the glory, we must also be heirs to the suffering of Jesus. We are going to have hard days. We are going to struggle. Um, And if it wasn't for the Spirit, and we tried to take on these sufferings that we're going to endure, we would ultimately fail Because our flesh, our desire, is for us to run away from things that are hard and find what is the easiest route for us. It's why in this area, addiction is such a big thing because it's easier to stay addicted, it's easier to just give in to your fleshly desires than it is to say no and fight it and try to run away from it. The good news, though, is we actually gain a hope that will lead us through our suffering from the Spirit. We'll see that in verses 18 through 25. And through the Spirit, we also receive the strength to endure through the suffering. How do we receive that strength? Through intercession. What is intercession? Intercession is the act of someone stepping in for you, someone uh, being there to pray for you. So I'm going to read... real quick through verses 18 through 30. Um, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager, eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, grow inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoptions as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hope for what he sees? 
But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. See, Paul is talking about how we have a hope for what is to come because of our adoption as sons of God. Let's continue on. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts know what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. See, Paul is saying here uh, that the Spirit is going to intercede for us when we don't know what to do in our weakness. There are going to be times in our lives where we just don't know what to do. Uh, When the pain just feels too much, when we just feel like we want to give up, Uh, The Holy Spirit, however, is our partner in those times, our helper in those times. He fills in for us when we can't. He speaks to God in a way that we can't because God is able to see the heart and the mind of the Spirit. Let me tell you guys a story real quick about the presence of the Holy Spirit in my life. About six years ago, Uh, In 2014, I was in a major car accident. I hit someone head-on, and I was ejected out of the rear windshield of my car. Every doctor I saw told me, there's no way you should be alive. 19-year-old kid hearing that, it's difficult. But that's not the main part of this story. Two years later, um, I received a letter in the mail I got home from work one day, and it was a letter from the courts saying that I was being sued by the other party for upwards of $425,000. Now, picture this, a 20-year-old kid. Let's be honest here, I was still a kid. I might have been over the legal age, but I'm still a kid at that point. Working a part-time job at minimum wage, the only thing to my name was a beat-up red Dodge Dakota that was rusted out in every place it possibly could. I was overwhelmed. I was stressed. I didn't know what to do. I was still pretty new to being a disciple of Christ. I'd been, in the, I'd been a believer for a while, but I wasn't really a follower. And... At one moment, these words came out of my mouth. I wish I had died in that accident. I didn't know what to do. No matter who I talked to, friends, family, pastors, nobody I talked to had any sort of guidance for me. They just said, well, just pray about it. Just pray about it. And I didn't know how, I didn't know how to pray about it. So there was one day where everything was just hitting really hard and I fell to my knees and I just started crying. Cried out for God. Didn't know how to describe what I was feeling to him. But in a moment, I felt this peace come over me, this comfort come over me that didn't last for forever, didn't last the whole rest of the whole ordeal. It just lasted for a moment. But in that moment, it allowed me to realize what was happening. 
The Spirit was with me and gave me peace in that moment so that I could remember that I was saved from that accident for a reason. That though I was suffering, God is going to use that suffering to do something good from it. Now, I'm not telling you this story because it was all that that moment had, came and then everything was better. It wasn't. In fact, it was still really hard. It was months of insurance phone calls, car insurance. It was months of on the phone with lawyers. And it was stressful. It was upsetting at times. And there was many days that I felt like giving up. But because of that moment, when the Spirit came, I, can con- I constantly reminded myself that I had a hope that it would work out in the end. And that he gave me strength um, to endure through it by constantly inviting his presence back into my life. See, this store, story ends pretty, pretty good in my opinion, um, for me anyways. Uh, it ended with the other side of the lawsuit, just taking the insurance payout, which was you know, way lower, but it was a stressful situation that I only got through because of the presence of the Holy Spirit. So with all of this said, let's zoom back out for a second and take a look at what all we can gain through the presence of the Holy Spirit. See, the first thing that we can gain through the presence is we gain freedom from our sinful nature. When we accept Jesus, when uh, the Holy Spirit is living inside of us, we are no longer bound by the nature of sin. We have been given freedom from it. We are now spirit-led. The second thing that we gain, uh, we gain a hope to bring us through the suffering and a strength to endure through the suffering. The third thing that we gain is we gain a helper in our time of weakness. When we feel like we can't go on anymore, the Spirit steps in for us and reminds us we can because God is with us. So I just want to end with a question for you guys that uh, you can ask, for your, ask yourself today or sometime later this week, but I really do want you guys to just take a moment and have a little bit of honesty with yourself. Are you living in the presence of the Holy Spirit? And if not, why? Will you guys go ahead and pray with me real quick? Heavenly Father, we come before you, God, thankful for what you are doing here. Uh, Lord, right now, we invite your presence into this place. We invite your spirit in this place, God, so that everybody can have a taste of what you have to offer, Lord. Lord, as they go out throughout their week, Lord, just let them invite your presence into their lives so that they can see what you have to offer. Lord, we thank you and we love you. In your son's holy name we pray. Amen.